Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hello and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McDonnell. So who is Mark? Mark Homer is the co-founder of Progressive Property. He's got over 700 plus properties between himself and his co-founder, Rob Moore. Mark is one of the leading experts in the UK on property investment. And in this episode of the podcast, Mark will be talking about scaling a property business and making it into an empire. Mark was debating this very subject with Dan Hulbert and Amy Rowlandson, who are hosts of the Property Vault podcast. And what I thought would help is if we shared the content here on the Progressive Property podcast, as there is some really, really valuable information that was shared during that episode. I hope you enjoy it. Sit back and listen. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been awesome. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. I'm surprised thanks. you could fit us in your busy schedule. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad we're on yours as well. So it'd be nice, uh, nice to be out there on your listeners, and we want to get people to listen into what you're about and what you're doing with your businesses and progressive, etc. So uh, we've got some questions, but what we want to do is sort of go into what we like to talk a lot about, which is the process in property and more yeah. the practical aspect of property uh, and what you actually need to do in your operations and the day-to-day. That's kind of where we want to okay. go with it, if, if that's cool. Yeah, far away. Okay, cool. Well, in terms of the process, there's so many different business models that people are applying in property nowadays. Uh, but the processes tend to be the, the same in all of those businesses. And running a property business, people think, oh, I'm going to have a buy-to-let business. And they launch straight into it and then they sort of, they can digress into different models, not realising that the processes are similar, but they're also very different in the different areas. So you wouldn't apply the same process to HMOs, things like that. So when you started out, you started with buy-to-lets, then you moved on to HMOs and then bigger developments. How did you sort of scale up from there? Okay, so, I mean, I, I started in, you know, my bedroom buying little single lets right. so that that would be small sort of terraced houses little sheds um and you know i just have a pile of papers for each transaction that that would be you know pretty much and uh, you know how it would go and then rob and i started a business out of it uh and then i'd have a box file per okay. transaction um and all the but all the financial paperwork that would pertain to that property would go into a, uh, a tray, which the bookkeeper would take. So financial stuff separate, and then all the legal and other information yeah. kept in there. And then anything electronic, um, I have a, a folder within a set of other folders for each property. Yeah. So that's how you know I would sort of separate it out um, for properties that, that we were holding. But prior, as, as we developed, prior to sort of um, purchase, I'd have... Um, a, uh, a clip a clipboard with all the information on it as the deal was progressing yeah uh, and in the early days I just used to have those lined up in my office so I could see exactly how many deals were going on the names at the top uh, of the properties and and and, and I'd order them in, in terms of which one was going to be sort of finishing first um, and then we brought clients in started 
building that business um, and I realized I needed a computer system, some software to progress all those transactions. Um, but the, there wasn't anything out there and I, I still don't think there is to do that. So I managed to get a grant from the local step, um, or, sorry, the business link um, operation in Peterborough um, and we got a local software developer um, who developed this um, bespoke system um, to put all of our transactions through. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's interesting you said that there isn't anything out there in the market right now to help you. Yeah. Why would you? Why is that the case? Why hasn't something been developed that's massively well? Massively how many people are there? How many property investors are there that are sort of progressing transactions? And going to be buying. I mean, when we had that developed, I think Quite we were niche, buying I suppose, sort of six or seven properties a month. Mm. Um, you know, and I had obviously staff. I had buyers out on the road. I had um, a manager running them. Um, I had an ad- admin lady. So there was probably six or seven of us in that little business, and we needed a piece of software to run them. Yeah. All. How many operations are there that that would buy a lot? You know, that number of of, of properties on a monthly basis. Probably not that many. Mm. So, you know, it costs millions and millions and millions to develop software well. Yeah. Ours didn't. All right, it was a 10 grand system, but it, (laughs) you know. It did the job. It sort of did the job. And it (laughs) it took three years to get it right. And it was based on access. So it was pretty clunky and pretty basic. Um, So, you know, we we have another system within our letting agency that manages all of the, the properties and all of the tenants and the gas safety checks and the maintenance and the inspections and all that sort of stuff. And that's off the shelf. Um, but that is built for letting agencies. And there are lots of letting agencies mm-hmm. yeah, who yeah. need to do that every month. Most landlords would be buying, you know, a property and then maybe not buy another for at least six months or a year. So it's, they wouldn't need a system So like it's easier that. to scale up on, on a slower step-by-step process. Yeah. How important is it, though, for people that are getting into property now that are not necessarily process-driven? They yeah. might be more out there doing the, doing the talking and getting the deals, but not really the back-office stuff. And yeah. how important is systems and processes within property, like the starting your, if you're starting out in your business? Well, is it good to get it right first? Or? You say in your business. Should mm. it not be on your business, <laughs> yeah. sort of E-Myth style? Well, you know, it, there's, there's sort of two sides to this. When certainly in the early part of you know, my set, setting all this up and, and, and working out what was good and what, what wasn't good and learning how to, to build this business. I didn't have all these processes and systems and all this stuff done in the background. In fact, you know, I'd say it's a waste of time. You know, you, you, you may have, you were talking about models earlier, mm. you may have 10 different models you try and you go, oh, I want to do that one. And oh, let's go and spend 10 grand on a system and put all this yeah. stuff in place. It doesn't bloody work, and that's yeah, yeah. that's business. So, um, lots of people won't want to hear this, and it might not be the the most sort of organised or professional way about it. But I think you just crack on, and yeah. I think you're ready for a rain, and you 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 throw a load of mud at the wall, you see what cool. ends up working, and then often six months later, you are sort of mopping everything up. But you've got the data, you know what's worked. A lot of the time, I'll just use a basic spreadsheet to keep track, um, and actually. In the end, with that business, I just ended up using a spreadsheet with the buyers to work out what they were buying every month rather than going through this 
complicated system. Um, so you're just sort of testing and measuring everything all the yeah, time, really. Yeah, and and trying to keep it as simple as possible. But I use Excel most things, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's good to know because I think some people just get overwhelmed with it all when they get yeah. they think property because I, I always think property is actually quite a simple process. It's not mm. it's not particularly overcomplicated, but it's not easy. Like there's a lot of moving parts in it, yeah. especially if you if you are trying to do two or three different business models at once, like buy to the HMO flips or something. Then that's a lot of different things that you've got to understand and know. Yeah, it is. I mean, you need to be organised clearly with your paperwork and, and just have a good filing system yeah. and, and, and have a good way of accessing documents or electronic documents. More of mine is now, you know, electronically held. Yeah, cool. So you've, you've organised it and you've filed it well so you can get your hands on it quickly and you can quickly see where it is in the transaction or, or what it is you need to do next. Yeah. That, so yeah, having a process that works for you individually and is yeah. fluid throughout your system so that you know how to access it and you've got yeah. a replicable situation for every single yeah. property. Yeah. So you and have the same folders. And I think sort of go deep, you know, you could have 10 strategies, but I, I, I really don't. I, I, I tend to find something that's good that I think is working. I maybe have another couple of things which I'm running or testing or whatever, but I'll go very deep on that for a number of years. At okay. the moment, I'm doing a lot of commercial conversions. I'm not buying individual single lets. Um, yeah, some of, the, some of those commercial conversions will end up as cluster flats, which are HMOs. Yes, I might put the old service accommodation unit in, but I'm going very deep on, you know, a strategy. Which is the commercial conversion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Because obviously the buy to lets, as we've established, was your first first thing. But obviously yeah. there's there's work to be done on that as well over, yeah. the, over the years. So yeah. Obviously, you're not buying those type of properties now, but you've got to manage the, the back-end finances yeah. of it. Are you port, is, it, is that like a, a system where you're doing it in a portfolio now and just financing one big chunk of it? or is So, so it, it depends what entity they're in. Yeah. Um, obviously, we went through a process where the government forced us all into limited companies. Yeah. So our, our properties have gone into a series of limited companies and there's still some personal. So... It, it's mixed around a little bit, so it depends what entity, but um, have got um, a couple of portfolio facilities with commercial lenders yeah. um, and any new loans that I've done in the last few years have always been with a commercial lender. I, I don't even know if I can get a buy-to-let loan now. I, maybe I can, but a lot of them would just say, no, you need to go and see a commercial lender because mm. there's too many properties there in the yeah. background. And to be honest, I find them easier to deal with because yeah. I get to talk to a person. It, it's not a, tick, a checklist process. No, that you, yeah, that. It's yeah, so I'm just giving them my spreadsheet and see all the properties. They go, yeah, it's logical, it's fine. Yeah, and then uh, and then they get it done. So that's the road I've been forced down. But clearly, um, you know, for, for for many years, like you know, yeah, nearly a decade, maybe we we were buying with buy to let mortgages. Yeah. Um, you know that that was how the world was. But that's a lot. Um, that's a lot of mortgages to deal with. Yeah. And whereas if you've got it, it, one it, commercial, yeah, it's serious. It's um, you know it's administratively very complicated um, because you've got lots of interest rates. You've got lots of product types, and the composition of the product is different on each loan. It's very, yeah. Massive variety, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, and in four or five years time when you've really or three years three four five years time when you've got to 
revisit all of those loans yeah. to work out what it is you're actually paying and what you're likely to be paying shortly and then is there an exit fee or not. So all of that goes on a little spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, so I've got an idea and, and I've actually got some which are ending, which were actually not that long. And those lenders don't exist anymore. No, I was going to say. So yeah. they'll have to be moved off. Um, and what would you do? What, so for example, what would you do with that? Would you move that into one of the other entities, into the commercial, one of the portfolio? Yeah. So what will happen with those groups, that group of properties, um, a year before I've got a couple of mortgages coming up, I'll just go to a commercial lender and I'm, I'll just say to them, can you take the whole lot out? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to be messing around. Just That's not well, a good use of your time. No, well, I, I remember you yeah. saying, uh, no. I can't remember, I think it might have been... A, a I get a better deal probably. Mm. I'll probably well, get I think something that's in what, the twos, you know. Yeah. That's what I think yeah. you were saying. You were saying yeah. you actually get a better deal and, and sometimes it's even on a repayment, I think you were saying. Is that yeah, correct? well, um, ones I've been doing in, in recent years have been um, a hybrid product, which is often interest only for 50% of the loan and right. then... And the last 10 or 15% is on five-year repayment. Yeah. Just, I, I think, um, I mean, Lloyd's do that product. And I, I suspect it's something to do with, if it's 50% loan to value, it, it fits in X part of their bank. They actually put two loans on, on, on the property. Okay. Yeah. Or on the portfolio. Um, okay. Yeah. Interesting you're saying about a lot of companies now owning properties. Is that still only one in 10 of, yeah. of properties, private rented properties are one in ten owned by companies. So yeah. I do think that's going to change a lot more in, the, in years to come as people yeah. drop out of being yeah. sort of amateur landlords. Yeah, because you say you've been forced down it. Obviously, yeah. we we all are being forced yeah. down. But do you do you feel that it's a better way, or do you think that the better way, way for what for, for for the property industry and and you as a business, or is it that what, you, uh, trading from a limited company yeah, rather yeah. than personally? Yeah. yeah, no. Okay, no. Categorically not, because okay. it's tax we're talking about, and yeah, um, yeah the government. Initially, we didn't necessarily understand the um, full yeah. ramifications of it, but some clever person in the treasury clearly did. Mm. Um, I, I'd say the main issue is the balance sheet. Yeah. Um, so for many years, and clearly they hated this. They've not explained any of this, but they hated it, and they knew it was going on. Lots of people would, would buy personal properties and they would remortgage them and they, they would take the capital back. And lots of people, because they kept remortgaging, um, they would, you couldn't go right up on all the offset in terms of the interest payments against the rent. You could only really go to the level of, the, the, the mortgage could only go up to the value of the property when it came into the lettings market. But people kept remortgaging, taking the money out and they wouldn't have to pay any tax because there's no taxable event. Whereas now that remortgage money has to go back into the limited company. It can then be withdrawn, but it can only be withdrawn via dividend, mm. which, are, which attracts it to 38. Yeah. Directors loans for nine months, yeah. and they've got to be paid back. Or 38%, you know, you'll pay tax on dividends. Or you take a salary if there aren't the profits to support it, and yeah. then you've got a load of... Um, income tax and, and, and national insurance. So that, that's a big thing. Um, capital allowances used to be awesome in your own name. We claimed a lot. Um, <laughs> it, it was a complete get out of jail free because you would offset your profits against the capital allowances um, 
you would still say before you claim those allowances, you would still make a hundred grand worth of profit. Yeah. You would, well, pre, prior to claiming the allowances, you'd make a hundred grand worth of profit. After claiming them, you'd still make a hundred grand worth of profit. So you'd still be able to draw a hundred grand and there was no balance sheet. So it didn't matter. But then the allowances would come along. Let's say you claimed 80 grand and you'd only pay tax on the remaining 20,000, but you could still draw a hundred because that, that was the, the, in in an LLP that still works actually. Um, But um, of course, within an LLP, you, you're clubbed by section 24. So right. They're pretty subtle changes, but on the face of it, but they're mass, they're huge. Um, so you end up paying a lot more tax. So what, what would you say to people that are getting into property now that want yeah. to build a portfolio? I mean, they're not going to really know any different. No, it's the only if, it's, if you're if you're renting these out on a, um, a sort of single let uh, short short hold tenancy basis, um, then then limited company. If you're going to scale and you're going to take debt on that that's the only way really um if you're uh, renting the same type of property out but on a serviced accommodation basis where you meet the furnished holiday lettings yeah. rules yeah um then it doesn't apply but of course so you if you're be- new to this yeah and you're not sure that furnished accommodation uh serviced accommodation works in that area and you're going to get the occupancy then y- you need to be a little bit flexible because you might have to turn it back to being a single let mm-hmm. so but if you're sure the service accommodation thing works, put it in your own name or an LLP and you're out of it all, you know? And, and ask, what's the, because um, if you're, if, for example, if you're just looking to do it, you've got a decent business, for example, yeah. or you've got a decent job that you actually enjoy yeah. doing and you just want to put it into property for a longer term, you know, pension, etc. would you still say they need to buy it in a limited company or would they, if their plan is to, I don't know, get five, six, maybe a dozen properties, and then look to get that down to a I don't know fifty percent loan to value. Well, may, maybe not. It, it, you know, it's a, a calculation that you really yeah. need to do with your accountant. Um, if you get into ten properties, you know, you, you may already. I would imagine lots of people it depends on their other income. Because, yeah. You know, if they're a higher rate taxpayer or just about to become a higher rate taxpayer, and then you introduce ten properties into their name personally. All right, they're only 50% low-to-value, but there could be 6% interest. It, it could easily push them into higher-rate tax, and then you're back into the issues yeah. of Section 24. So Entirely I, depend on the individual, and you've just got to go you, and speak to you, a tax But this advisor. is why we want yeah, to talk you, about you, the you, process and the practical bit, because it's... Yeah, you need to sit down with an accountant who understands this. Yeah. Most of them do not. Um, and he needs to be, or she needs to be conversant with... dealing with uh, property residential property investors and and filing residential property tax returns what would be uh, your good experience of that what would be your questions that you would be able to ask to quantify whether they are going to be a Mm -hmm. good accountant or a good advisor no no, i just wouldn't bother Um, (laughs) no i wouldn't um so i i would i would work out who their customers are and get recommendations okay um i the thing is, if you go and ask an accountant if they know about this, there's only one answer. It's yes, of course, because yeah. they'll just think, oh, I'll go and find out about it. Oh, yeah, do you, do you deal with property investors? Yes, of course I do. It, what, Historically, what? they might have done, but that's not relevant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, always, so, I always say, like, yeah. look for tax advisors rather than, like, I mean, obviously yeah. they're going to be accountants yeah. as well, but, like, 
Yeah, they're better. I prefer talking to them. Yeah, because my 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 accountant. Yeah, they're also tax advisors, and they like. I specifically went with them because I was in construction at the time, and they deal with the two guys I deal with. Yeah, construction and property investment and development. So they get and they understand all this new change, etc. So I always say to people, look, if you're new into property, the first two people you need to speak to is a tax advisor. Yeah, someone that you know you can get recommended for property. Yeah. And that other uh, inve- property investors uh, yeah, that you've are got a recommendation using. from, yeah. and so, or and also mortgage broker, a decent mortgage broker that knows yeah. the market. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, I would go to other investors. I work out who they're using and do that. What one mm. thing that happens a lot? We've moved. Uh, well, we've we've actually. I think we use three accountants in this business. Uh, three, sorry, external. Uh, yeah, chartered accountants or, or certified. Um, a big learning I've had through going through this in the last sort of three or four years is often what happens is we start with a business and um, or start with a new firm and I talk to the person who um, I'm referred to. Yeah, I'll have loads of tax questions and I'll probably take them, you know, around a little trip around Section 24 and ask them some questions and work out whether they know what they're talking about. Great. Often we instruct them, we say, yeah, we, we want you to look after this entity or whatever. And then soon afterwards you find it's not them doing it at all. Okay. It's that person over there. And that person over there is essentially a glorified bookkeeper. Yeah. And they're doing the year end. And, oh, the tax advisor sort of gets involved, but it's not very good. It's not, the link isn't very good. And this person's a bit of a muppet, and we, you know, in terms <laughs> yeah. of the, in yeah, terms of, in terms of this, and we've yeah. we've we've had two experiences of that more recently. Yeah, fine, they're, they're cheaper, and maybe you get what you pay for, um, but um, oh, you definitely both do get of paid those for, firms definitely. now we are in the process of getting rid of because um, the person who actually does the work and files the return doesn't have a deep understanding of this. Isn't experience enough? No. And they've made huge, they've made errors, um, which have cost us a load of tax. And of course, HMRC will just take the tax. So... Have you got no reclaim on that though? It just, you just, it's just not worth it. So, not so, so what I don't understand, well, what I find difficult is you know yeah. where they've made mistakes. The yeah. average person who's no, going to be investing years. is not going to know. No, it so, takes years to work yeah. out what's happened, to get the experience to work. Yeah. yeah. But you compare and contrast. So... Yeah. This is why if you go to a mortgage broker or a builder, yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's such a good idea to have two or three running at one time because the difference between them will be huge. Yeah. And what will happen is it will become very obvious. It's like when people go to a letting, they go, oh, I've, I've asked all these questions, I've sat them all down, <laughs> I've checked all their insurance and all this <laughs> and all this crap, you know, whatever. But what? The, yeah, fine, do all that. It's but, the practical But do it on three, with three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then give a third of the properties to all three. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll bloody well see over a period of time who is best at doing all that. You'll learn a load of stuff because one will be doing stuff that the other isn't and all the rest of it. And you may end up settling on, on one. It's probably a good idea to have two just in case one goes wrong. Yeah. Mm. But that's the best way to work out who's good and who isn't, and to learn. So it's trial and error. It's the yeah, same, with, yeah. same with what you're saying with yeah. builders. I mean, I've yeah. been through it for years with yeah. getting new people on board, and, yeah. and I've, yeah. I've, I've, had a, I've had builders where, you know, they've come in and they've actually made a complete mess of it mm. and ended up costing me a lot of money mm. because they've 
fuck something up. Yeah. But it, it's the same with smaller smaller builders. Like they come in, or people are doing buy to lets, maybe yeah. a quick kitchen or bathroom, yeah. a bit of a bit of a tosh over. Yeah. And then they want to go into HMOs or yeah. bigger flips or small developments, yeah. and they're trying to use the same builder, and yeah. that builder is not the same person that mm. they should be using. Mm. Or they try and do two or three projects, and that builder's just not got the scale or capacity mm. to do it. So for me, it's always... But they'll tell you they Yeah, have. but they tell you, yeah, because yeah. they, they, they want to they yeah. they do the work, but yeah. they just haven't got the and capacity. They, they may even, you know, with Sometimes the best will in the world, you, they, 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 they really want to grow into that thing, and, and they may be using you to... But it doesn't mean they can do it. Yeah. I've had personal experiences of that uh, in a big way over the last yeah few years. Yeah, because this is what this is one of the messages we we do. Um, we do like a practical property training for people, like just the nuts and bolts of how to work yeah. with builders and all that sort of stuff. And this is one of the biggest fears is working with the builder or. Mm. Even a lot. Recommendation. Yeah, I think architects get away with it a lot, though, as well. I think, architects you know, get away with murder. They, yeah. they, <laughs> I've never really had one that, that, that gives me what I need. No. Especially, especially in the domestic building industry. No. They, they get away with so much. They don't do half the things they're no. supposed to do. No. There are don't... some good out there. there are. Oh, no, no <laughs> yeah, but there, yeah. are, there are. But what yeah. I'm saying is they don't even put schedule works together. They don't no. even put um, specifications together. You know, they're just lazy. A lot of, a lot of them are lazy. Yeah, I mean, you think personal experience. the thing with architects, um, you need to find the right person for the right job. Yeah. Um, a perfect example of um, what architects will try and do, which absolutely they shouldn't be doing, is when you know someone comes along, they want to build a couple of houses, they go to the architect, the architect says, yeah, I'll draw the plans and I'll, I'll get your planning permission for you. Wrong thing Absolutely to be Absolutely yeah, yeah. wrong. Because yeah. planning, planning, they'll, they'll, they'll probably draw, yeah, they'll probably draw them, you know, they won't get the highest density, they won't get the stuff, and they'll probably just put the plans, you know, put the application in. The, the first place you start is with a planning consultant who understands the system, understands how to push against the officers, maybe is local, knows the officers really, you know, well, knows how to appeal in all the ways around it, to get you three houses or four houses, then tell the architect, you this tell them what you need to mm. be drawing. Um, there's two sides to getting annoyed about using the wrong person for the wrong thing, though. If you take a commercial, uh, an office, mm. um, you know, all the office, uh, majority of the office buildings that are for sale, or a lot of them now, the agent gets involved and tells the vendor, get an architect in. Draw it all up, and then you yeah. can just put your prior approval yeah. in, yeah. and then and then and then we can sell it with that. Which to me has become more and more annoying over the years. Because years ago, the agents didn't even know. I just keep my mouth shut, and I just sort of buy it, and then yeah, the agents, keep them all apart. Yeah, the agents you know what are, I mean? just crack me up because they don't even allow for like costs or, yeah, or financing or I don't anything. Want, I don't think they want to because then no. you know that probably suppresses the the purchase price. But the thing is. In every case, when a vendor is selling, they're not usually a property developer because if they were, they'd be doing it themselves. In every case, they've gone to the architect, the architect's gone and put massive flats in, really inefficient use of space, massive lobbies, yeah. uh, the whole thing, the density is low. So it actually does give you an opportunity to buy it because yeah. they've the agents got involved, not put a lot of the costs in, the purchase price is massively inflated based on those plans, but you can actually make it work because... You can take it away and quietly increase the density, and then you get something that works that the vendor doesn't understand. If no. the vendor did see these plans, he'd suddenly want two million more, but that would never have worked because he has 
he hasn't pedicosted yeah. it properly. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You, yeah. know, you, you can use so that stuff. You kind of need it. but Yeah, yeah and the whole planning yeah. process is a big quagmire of delays and problems and officers, you know, and, and consultees causing issues and all that sort of stuff. And people get really wound up with it, and mm. I do sometimes. But it puts off loads of other people, and, and the mm. people who don't know how to get, you know, a really good consent by using a consultant and working in the offices and bringing the right professionals in to do the right reports, they can't pay the same for the site. So then you end up getting it and making money when the others couldn't. So it's not all bad. Because right. I've, I've, my experience is, is mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've had this experience with, you know, going, design first, planning second. Yeah. And, and we've learned very quickly that yeah. it's the other way around. And, you know, but we learn from it and we, we've pushed forward. But with, with planning... Like, consultants i've got two or three that, that i know yeah and they're pretty cool like you can talk to them and they'll give you some feasibility as appraisals yeah. you know and as long as you communicate and feedback what's happened with it and even if like the vendor's yeah. you know cuckoo land with what he wants or she wants um but as long as you feed that back to the planning consultant, keep them in the loop of stuff they're pretty cool to keep working with you and try yeah. and try and yeah they will there's, they're used no, to it. It, there's no what? real cost to it either i mean no. like, like, i've just done it where i take them out for lunch or golf or whatever and just it's yeah just a, just I mean, try and help out and communicate with them. That's what they're like. I mean, you know, they lots What's of your experience pay. With well, you know, my guy actually he doesn't I ask him for invoices, to be honest. He's just he's pretty <laughs> random like that. Um, I I just say, come on, it's t-, you know, yeah. I owe you some money for this. And I, I don't know, he's just very reasonable like that. The I suppose the flip side is it's just him. Yeah. Um every now and again he gets his daughter involved. Um so you know, is he answering the phone all day? Is he answering emails? No. Um, but Loves his job, clearly. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, he'll go in and get the officers to do stuff without upsetting them. Mm. Obviously, he doesn't want to upset them because he's here. Yeah. Uh, and he's dealing with them all day. But, you know... Uh, but he knows he's going to get the work from you if yeah. anything goes through, etc., etc. Yeah, he gets so, it anyway. You know, or pay him. You know, yeah. So he should... Yeah, you should try and get them some money because obviously, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, well, no, the ones in central London that are shite who just send you massive invoices—they're also to be avoided. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just that personal relationship with people. I think in, in, well, in every aspect of property, it's all yeah. about I think it's all people. Yeah. yeah, it's all about people. What so you were going to say earlier about some tips of like when you're work, trying to find builders? What what's yeah. your what's some of your tips uh, when you're working with builders or trying to trying to work with a new builder in a new area on new projects? So recommendation, yeah. Um, probably go around and look at their other sites. Yeah. That's what I get up to. So yeah. um, if I've got a, a building and I haven't got the right builder for it, um, I'll probably go around all the sites that, similar to. that are similar and in my locality. Yeah. And then I'll just bash on their door and get the site manager or, or get the PM, you know, probably talk Is to some of the guys Is it more of a timid knock, really, not, not a bashing well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, Usually there'll be some guys outside, like, I don't know, a banksman or something like yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. get out, you say, who's the ball? Oh, no, go away, and you've just got to keep on, yeah. you know nothing, what I mean? Yeah. And then eventually you find the right person. But it's a really good way of seeing how they actually yeah. operate the, the running of the project. Well, because we, we talk about so it all the time, on smaller stuff. And then I go to all their yeah. other sites, and they just, yeah. hey, can I have a look around, and just take a load of pictures, send them to my project manager, because, you know, he's doing... I don't know, 10 sites at a time and he knows immediately what, what's going yeah, on. We'd I mean, see a safe site for a start or yeah. so, you know. I mean, on the uh, bit yeah. on, on, Oh, bloody, I went round one um, I'll see recently. them, it's just, just ignored. Obviously, right? they've got, you know, all the hard hats. Over. He's fingerprinting the whole lot in 
and they're all fingerprinted on the way out. You know, he knows exactly who's there on site yeah. at yeah. any one point. Sign in, sign out, and then yeah. when they're not there, they don't get paid and all that. And the whole thing, I, I was really, really impressed. You know what I mean? I mean that it, is, that's um, next level, that is. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Because yeah. uh, obviously he's got issues. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, you know, they go, oh, I've been injured or whatever. Oh, when were you injured? All oh, right, great. We weren't even on site. Yeah, so that's where process kicks in again. Because yeah. this is what yeah. we talk about. I mean, we on the practical side, we talk about health and safety. Because in, in property, it is a commercial uh, entity. So you yeah. should be doing CDM, even if it's a small site. You should be, yeah. should be adhering Most to it. Don't, you don't need to necessarily site, notify it. No. It's actually quite but, scary, though, because you're personally criminally liable. So you really you don't want to yeah. be... Yeah. No, they don't do an F10 or anything no. like that. They just yeah. they crack on. And actually, on small sites, we've all been guilty. You know, if it's a little... Yeah. You know, change the kitchen and, I don't know, just a little refurb. Most people wouldn't. I mean, example, you know, we did our own home and, all right, we were the homeowner, so it, it was, there are different... Yeah, it's a domestic, uh, it's it's a, it's domestic yeah. CDM, so it is, you're but, not responsible. Yeah, but... But you know better. <laughs> well, my wife was project managing it, right. and she, and there was some reason, we had, you know, we've got to take big walls down and... Um, you know, there was cherry picker there. There was lots of stuff going on. A well they can fall into, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I got I got the architect out with the CDM guy because she actually got quite worried, you know, as we went through it. And he, and he's like, well, they've all got sign in, you know, they've got to have a hard hat on, all, all, all the stuff I sort of, it's not notifiable, whatever. She tried for, I reckon, three months to get them all to wear a hard hat and high-vis and all the rest of it because they, they're just sub, subbies coming yeah. in. And oh, we absolutely love. Do you know what I mean? And then <laughs> with a fag in their hand. And then, <laughs> yeah, they don't actually. They don't do that. Um, but they just just completely ignore it. And these, yeah, yeah. you know, and these guys are doing heavy works, and they're rolling around our locality doing them all. They just completely ignore the whole thing. Yeah. So it's I'm, not always I'm, that easy. But obviously, if you're a main contractor and you employ, employ a load of guys, you, you you've, you've, got, you've to be. got full control of them. Yeah. But you know, for me, I. Yes, I do little, you know, I, we've had a load of licensing on HMO. So mm. they've been in and the council have gone, that room's not big enough. So I've had to take corridors away and make rooms bigger and, you know, make kitchen, the, the amenity standards make kitchens bigger. And, you know, I'll just sort of pay a, a, a guy to, to, to go and do that sort of stuff. So I'll do little jobs like that. But all of my commercial conversions would be with the main contractor with um, a JCT, yeah. you know, and then there's a CDM controller. I just want it away from me. Um, do you have contract administration yeah. on that or do you do full project management? Um, I have, well, it's a design and build and then yeah. I have a, a project manager who okay. is employed by me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and then, um, <coughs> yeah. I, I what would you say on I some mean, of I these had, I, had a, I had a HSC investigation. Did you? Into, yeah. yeah, into, um, into the builder. Uh, over asbestos removal. Um, I, I don't think he'd done anything wrong, but he's just really rude. Do you know what I mean? And then... He's got their back up. Yeah, and he will. I, I think they came on site. Every now and again, they come on site, don't they? And they do a little yeah. spot check, check or whatever. Yeah. And I think they came and some of the paperwork wasn't right. And he'd already got them on... They were finding him for little holes and all this sort of stuff. And he thinks it's just a big money-making exercise. So they come on and... I think you call them all, see you next Tuesdays, and told them all to piss off his site and all the rest of it. And do you know what I mean? And then, and then, not, not the ones. Yeah. yeah. So then they're on me. Oh. 
okay. they're like, right, we want, we, we, what's the relationship? We want the contract. We want the, right. um, uh, well, basically all the paperwork. Of course, I've, design, I've got, yeah. yeah, I've got, I, I, you know, I've got the contract and they wanted a, a couple of other bits, you know, and, and actually I'd seen a lot of the asbestos, um, report and pictures and, you know, he used a license, um, contractors to get contracts, rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and you got your tax back on that, I hope. Uh, I do now. Yeah, like remediation 150%, relief. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't back then, yeah. but now I do yeah. claim yeah, that remediation brilliant. relief. No one tells you about that. No. I mean, it took me, I probably only realised that a couple of years ago. Well, but my accountant where told me, so that I know it? I've got a good accountant. <laughs> I know an accountant that, that told me about that. Yeah. Never. As she said, have you uh, had any um, asbestos or with your R&D yeah. surveys? What were the results? Yeah. Did you have asbestos? Oh, no, no, or, people yes. don't even yeah. know what an R&D survey is. Yeah, I mean. So... Yeah, actually, I've had the R&D guys out for to claim some, I had to do a big steel design, so I'm going to claim some on that. But, yeah, the um, with that, they, they got really heavy, and um, my initial response with that, because it's criminal, I, I just got solicitor straight mm-hmm. away, because I, so I'm not telling them anything, because uh, I'll just go and get advice, and I, I spoke to the solicitor, and he said, I wouldn't say a word, mm-hmm. and unless they issue a section whatever on you, and then you're compelled to give them they got a lot of power. they got a lot of power. Exactly. Yeah, and, got a lot um, of power. So, I, um, so I, I watched the pressure that they applied, uh, ringing up, ringing up, and, you know, threats and all the rest of it. This is like, no, not until they issue this, issue whatever. Form. So they issued it, and they got their contract and whatever else, and actually they went away pretty quickly. But during that process... Uh, you know, I got this listed to be very specific about what my duties were. And of course, I got a load of woolly rubbish back as usual and you're still liable and all the rest of it. So but you've it, got it a solicitor that you can palm that yeah. off to, but the average yeah. investor is not prepared for that scenario. No. Well, the average but investor, in my opinion... But it took me um, 15 years of doing this until HB, yeah. I even heard from the HSE. Yeah. And, and it wasn't because I got a main contract. It was actually him that were... And they've gone. They they have nothing to do with me now. But it's it's him they wanted to. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the other, I got a health and safety question last week. This stuff changes quite a lot, mm. and you can go to a solicitor. Um, actually, I just went on the HSE website. There is it's got, really good. Yeah, actually. it is. There's loads yeah. of loads There's guidance of information, on there. and you can yeah. get the CDM Wizard app, which yeah. you can download if you're doing exactly. a research project. And it has to be correct. Um, and a lot of the stuff on there, I've asked the architect or the solicitor, and they've come out with a different response. Um, they're wrong, they don't know the rules, uh, or they've changed. So a lot of the time, just go on that. Um, it's like HMRC. Yeah. A lot of the time, I don't ask the accountant because I get questions all the time. I do a Google search. I just type in HMRC, stamp duty, first-time buyer, and then often the guidance pops up from HMRC, and it's there in black and white. And even if... They're wrong. Sometimes they are because the legislation is different. Um, HMRC will usually, if you just cut and paste that, they'll 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 have to stay with their guidance. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the health and safety stuff is just. I mean, the average investor. I mean, I see it on forums. No, 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 I go, I, I go on all the forums and just yeah. ask, mm. like, because of the building side, mm. I just try and give a bit of of uh, support on people that are doing that. And I mean, there was one related to asbestos. Uh, we think there's asbestos in this property that we're looking to buy. Mm. What do we do? And it's like, well, get an R and D survey. Yeah. Find out exactly what is what if that's what you're looking to do. But, but that, but a lot of those guys are criminal because they come oh, in. Yeah, if you got... get three asbestos guys in. 
they'll come out with massively different reports yeah. because they get the removal works yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So they need... Ch- I, I, I know. This it's is a- all <laughs> bloody me creating problems, but on, 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 on the project we're doing at the moment, the builders got to be involved yeah. because when the reports came back, I mean, you know, we had a report of 450 and the removal cost about 130. Mm. You know, that's how... Outrageous, some of them are. One of them was whacking away with a hammer, putting asbestos on the tiles. Um, there was 20,000 square foot of tiles. Cool. They then tested the tiles, said there was asbestos in them, so you need all that lot. And there wasn't. Um, often they'll look at, you know, something in a, I don't know, a ceiling void or whatever and go, that's asbestos. But actually, it just looks like it. It needs pulling out, sent to the laboratory and testing. So a lot of the time, you've got a good builder, and they'll they'll do that stuff to hold the asbestos surveyor or or the R&D, the the person who does that survey, to account to make sure that's bloody right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're naughty. Yeah. Yeah. But also... It's a proper racket. Once you have that... Oh, and it's criminal. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to go to jail. But people... But a lot of people (laughs) that you see on the forums, I mean, they're they're giving advice saying, I'll just overboard it and things like that. And I just... Well, if you don't disturb it, then there's a process. How can you not disturb... If if you've got a ceiling, which is Artex, and then you think it might be asbestos, asbestos, then... Overboarding it, you've got to screw through the board yeah. to get to yeah, the board. Disturbed so you disturbed yeah. it. I mean, we've got. But apparently, you know, that's safe on, yeah. this, on forums, and you well, just think, wow. Well, that's just some individual coming out with something they yeah. don't know anything yeah, about. But, 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 yeah, but that's yeah. where I like to go in and just yeah. give a little bit of feedback. But I mean, I mean, we've got, you know, a building. We are, I don't know, we, we you know, this sort of concrete structure. There's asbestos there. That is going to be retained yeah. not drilling into it yeah, yeah well you did that on one else yeah, yeah. You, you've yeah. got yeah. to yeah. And, and, and there is a process but the, obviously you can't then break you know drive a coach and horses through the process and no. ruin yeah, it yeah, yeah. And, and, and send all the asbestos flying around so everyone yeah. breathes I mean, it in you yeah. can overboard so you can do all that you can encapsulate it but it's got to be done by people that know what they're doing yeah. it's got to be done properly the next biggest thing is silica yeah. that's a, a silica yeah, is it yeah well, it's worse than asbestos I don't know a huge amount because it's not yeah. my area. I just saw a, a recent what article it? on it. It's it's a kind of like a plastic. I don't know, yeah. but it's 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 in a lot of building material. So when people are are pulling things down and it just goes into the air oh, and it's nice. much faster than asbestos. Is it? In terms, it's so weeks. So we're going to have all this to, uh, to, to deal with. I saw an article on LinkedIn, so I, I saved it to read. But, but it's only when you disturb it. I'm going it? to read the article. I'm not going to say what. Because I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of this where, where, where stuff. Some of this stuff. stuff. But just, we, it's because we don't this. know about it because there hasn't yeah, been enough documented That's the issue. And some, a lot of this stuff does come along and actually it goes away because, uh, yeah, we thought that, but X, Y, and Z, no. But then you get stuff like diesel, yeah, where Tony Blair and Gordon Brown are telling around. us all to, to, buy, to buy diesels and we then you did. find there's all the particulates and the, I know. Uh, <laughs> what is it, nit- nitrous, nitrous nitric oxide or yeah. whatever in them yeah and then you've got all the car manufacturers sort of trying to Just work out their emissions on, which they will have been doing for 20 years yeah. apparently i mean there's you can buy an old merc sl in america and there's my mate's got one the the exhaust pipe you know comes out the side but then there's another little hole to to let some of the exhaust gases Before out it further comes up out. the system <gasps> because the system is to put the testing 
probe. The novel at the end, at yeah. The, at the end. Well, it's bloody obvious. And, and, and the American testers will have known about that for years, I presume. So the little hole allows it yeah, to see some of it. So yeah. So, <laughs> but, but of course, if it meets the letter Cheeky. of the regulation, then I suppose... This is not new, is it? No. They've been frigging these tests, and it's not just bloody VW. They've all been at it. Yeah. But yeah. they're the ones that have carried the can. Yeah. And everyone else kept quiet and did all the changes under the radar. Of course. <laughs> of course. Mm. Yeah. They got away with Go it. Go electric. That's the way forward. Until they decide that the batteries, the lithium-ion batteries to produce and dispose of are more environmentally harmful, and the gas-fired, coal-fired power stations emit more you know whatever's to horse and uh, track there was a big article yeah. on that on, on, on oh no no that's no good because bicycle because of the <laughs> because of the uh, you know cows in a field oh yeah yeah that's um, too much yeah but this. it does it does all fit quite nicely doesn't it it's sort of you know let's let's save the environment let's eat no beef let's yeah. be a vegan so what's going to happen be- to all the cows well, that, but it's, it is the same type of people. Yeah. It just fits in their little yeah, yeah, yeah. zone of so left-wing sort of, you know um, what I mean? If the evidence supports it, fine. Yeah. But it is a bit convenient, that whole um, methane coming from, oh, well, that's it, we can't kill any more animals and let's all be vegans. Do you know what I mean? It, it just, it's all a bit, it's all a bit, it fits a bit well, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> but it was a big, because it was a big article on, uh, what's it, what's the, is it, what's the uh, toy outer? Um, I don't know where you're going with this. The then. car, the car. They were saying it's actually. Well, the Prius is the actually. Prius, yeah, less, because less, it comes from all over the world. It's actually yeah, it's not got that environment. Bigger carbon footprint. Yeah. So well, it's actually uh, not. Because the parts come from. Yeah, yeah. it's all over. Yeah. And, yeah, and the factories yeah. that build it and all this sort yeah. of stuff. But a lot of this is marketing. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, but, but um, you know, fine. I'm, I'm, look, I'm sure there is some stuff that is genuinely better. And I think if it's proven to be. You know, like asbestos, it's, we know the effects. It's, yeah. There's a lot of evidence. Then fine, it yeah. needs to be dealt with. But a lot of the newer stuff. It's a bit like I fly helicopters. When a new helicopter comes out, everyone sort of wants to buy it. But actually, it's far more dangerous. As you saw at Leicester City with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that was a new sort of two year old. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you want a twenty thirty year old time tested. Uh, oh, they really? found all the problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're much safer. Yeah, you get something new. I still, 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 yeah, still yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still yet to go on a helicopter. I still don't fancy it. I fly it, something so. which is pretty, uh, it, it sort of developed in the 80s and 90s, you know. I just yeah. wonder, sort of becoming a father, that's sort of one of those risks, like my, my husband stopped yeah. riding a motorbike when we had I children. I think they are risky, aren't they? Yeah. Well, motorbikes are. I, I think helicopters are fine as long as you go out in good weather yeah. and you follow the rules. Um most of it's pilot error. Well, I'm not, you know, I make mistakes. Of course, we all do. Um, but I think if you do those two things, you reduce the risk massively. Okay. Yeah. It's really useful advice for yeah. our listeners. Helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> They're all helicopter flight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very they might be. They might yeah, be. Exactly. But that's, that's actually um, coming on to uh, with the processes that we've, we've been talking about. I, you know, yeah. like all these different things, like asbestos, etc. What yeah. are some of the main elements in property that you really need to start i mean obviously you're saying start now get perfect later but yeah. what what are the that's what are rob the, says that yeah <laughs> but what are the core but what are the core things that you need to be focusing on as in as and when you're going through so is it um you need to be, be building the systems in the background as you go along mm. but what are some of the core things that you guys focus on i mean you've obviously got you and rob have got a very good partnership you know 
actually something you said uh, at the round table that we came oh, to. Oh, it's amazing, was, actually. You yeah. said that you sort of lift one another and you, you aim to be the best partner yeah. for each other. Which is which was really quite nice because yes. that's what we were talking about um, recently. So, but how- yeah, Rob's good at that. I'm probably less good at that. Um, <laughs> but he, he is a very good partner and works on being a great partner to everyone. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you just get on with it. Well, probably, and then probably upset people. Do you know what I mean? So... But he sort of puts up with it. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, what? So, so that's a good thing. He's so, more learned with all that. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. So, what's yeah. your roles and responsibilities in that? I suppose that's probably a good way to, to put it. Yeah. Like where, because a lot of people come into this, so they look to maybe joint ventures to see that they can better their journey or quick quicken yeah. their journey. So, how did that work with you guys? And what do you do more of that Rob does? I mean, I think we know yeah. we know personally what you guys do. Yeah. But so you know season, anything sort of money, finance, you know, with with, with anything with the properties really the management anything like that i would deal with uh marketing you know learning new sort of you know how to sort of rob reads a lot he'll listen to loads of podcasts so he'll come up with loads of ideas and loads of ways to push the business forward um you know rob will you know enjoy that sort of thing a lot more um you know he'll in terms of sales, in terms of better sales processes, finding better people, um, you know, new markets to go into with training, that that would be Rob. So, uh, but yeah, anything to do with the properties, really, I deal with. He doesn't get involved with the properties, really. And how early yeah. did you sort of separate those different roles? I was quite early, them? probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, within the first year. And we got a, um, you mentioned the e-myth earlier. Yeah. We, um, we, we got the organisational hierarchy out of there and we just put our name in each area. Yeah. There was only two of us and my mum in his front room mm. and, and that's what we did. Yeah, so that was... It's a phenomenal book beneficial. actually. It was the fir- yeah. one of the first books I read yeah. when sort of yeah, starting out in business that, yeah. and yeah. it's a go-to yeah, book that I recommend to yeah. everybody. Yeah. And if they don't read it and they don't get any value, read it again yes. because <laughs> there is a huge amount of value in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're, if you're more like yourself, or if you're more like Rob, is is it is it good to get a partner, or is it really you just need to do that stuff that you don't particularly like to start with, and then get people in, or how would you? Um, I think you know, maybe you start because I started on my own, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, Buying properties, and then I met Rob. Um, I think yeah, definitely. If I didn't have Rob, you know, this thing wouldn't exist in the way it does. So. Um, I think it is a good idea to have somebody else who's good at all the things you're not, but that doesn't mean go and do a test, you know, a, a little personality test and go, that's it, we're the best fit. Yeah. Fine, do the test, but a bit like your accountant, test them for three to six months, working together reasonably loosely to see how your personalities and, you know, to see how you fit. And you're, yeah, yeah. you've got to do that because yeah. um, you'll 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 probably kiss two or three frogs as I did prior to Rob yeah, same before you find the right one. Uh, lots of people sort of go balls deep with someone before well, even knowing who they technical are. Technical term, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people, <laughs> people are so keen to get to get going in their property yeah. journey that they see it as the only solution yeah. and think, well, I haven't got the money or experience. Yeah. So let me go and find someone who has. Yeah. They launch straight into it, and then yeah. six months or a year or two years down the line, they then got a, a difficult separation exactly. and parting of business. It, it, a lot easier if you haven't got to go through that yeah. separation. Yeah. yeah. So, what what would be some of the tips to look? I mean, obviously, you've said you know you can do the test. That, um, as in the profile test, 
you're saying do um, you know test them as well to see how that partnership works. Yeah. But what other things could you do? Because as, as Amy says, you know, if you haven't got the money, you go and look for people with money. It's not always it's not always the right person. I mean, I've turned lots of money down because they're just yeah. not the right fit for me. Yeah. Like the values just don't don't align mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I just say no kindly, no yeah. thanks, and move on. But I've had partners where I've made so many mistakes mm. where you just you rush into it because I'm trying to get something out of them and yeah. they're trying to get something out of me. Yeah. But That's really, it, yeah. and it was it was only what you guys said the other week at this round table, and I was just like. That's it. It's you've got to be the best partner yeah, you, you can be for that person. Yeah. And anyone I've sort of been in a partnership before has just been trying to get what they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and, and yeah. me, me at fault as well. Yeah. Like trying to because you know I want to go and do this bit, and yeah. I just want them to do that bit, yeah. but not really set that expectation yeah. or or really under, understood what they want out of the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's really. Is it, would you say there's anything else, or is that? Would you say in a nutshell, that's pretty much what you need to do with a partnership? Probably, you know, that's it. I mean, you, anything you do, try and flip it around and think: if that was done to me, or I was looking to do that, how would I feel? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, try and sort of give more than you you receive. Um, try and be sort of flexible to what they want. Yeah. You know, Rob wants different stuff to me. You know. Probably, you know, in terms of cars and things like that, I wouldn't, you know, spend the money. But, you know, I'll try and be flexible in that way. And then he's flexible with me in other ways. It's mm. a lot of yeah. give and take with it, you know. Yeah, but you've got, you've got, a, for me, there was, we talk about this all the time, is the reward is kind of what people get attracted to, yeah. to get into a partnership because yeah. of something that they want. But the relationship is the first thing you need it to is. build and understand. Yeah. And also what people forget is that there is risk and there's responsibility and you've got to equally, equally yeah. take both. I mean, we've had it recently in a partnership where we were looking to do a small development and right at the, at the death, they've pulled out because they've got a scarcity around putting someone else's money in the deal, which mm. we've been saying all along. Everybody's it's a third risk. Just when they do it at the last minute. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, I mean, that's when you came in and, and obviously worked with us on yeah, that, that particular was, de- development. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy, you know, like people... Um, they, they, they just focus on that reward and mm. don't look at the risk and responsibility and really nine times that's not interested in building a relationship to what it should be. No. That's how we and the relationship's really important for me is to test it in different environments because yeah. if you're in a, in a similar environment, if you've met someone through the property education system, right. um, go you're out for dinner, right. do, talk to them there and then yeah. go out and meet their family yeah, and their socially. friends yeah, and yeah. socially because yeah. you, they will operate very differently in different they environments. And their, and their risk will be different. Their risk you, will be you know, different. you meet someone who's a friend and then yeah. you start a business it's just not relevant yeah. you know you've no idea what they're like at work no and um, how they sort of that was I, the first I, my I, first business partnership was, was a friend yeah, yeah most of mine have been they just don't work um, I got to work with Rob actually I was quite fortunate we worked somewhere else previously and, and I got to see him over three to six months and I sat next to him and we worked together so yeah. that was great actually so that yeah. was like the, the, the foundation of the yeah. relationship I it suppose was, yeah. wasn't it yeah yeah okay I think it's really important because people sort of operate very differently in their own environment as well yeah. as to being out in a pressurised environment. Yeah. So yeah. lots of testing. Yeah. So what would you say have been some of your best, better decisions in business? Uh, better decisions are probably, you know, sort of some of the better buildings I bought, um, you know, finding, you know, a better, better models. I love doing cluster flats. Yeah. You know, I can get the density right up and get the income probably 16, 17, 18%. So, you know for, I mean? so fundamentally. For our viewers, what's, what, yeah. what is a cluster flat? What is, uh, what is that? What is that? 
yeah. split into flats, but loads of them in a big building. Right, okay. Yeah. And they work because you've got the smaller entities within a larger yeah, environment. So you get more rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what, what would yeah. be the, the bedroom per, per flat? How many bedrooms would that be per flat? Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like if you do a HMO house, you can take a three-bed house and turn it into up to six bedrooms under yeah. permitted development without planning consent. And you can still get that within your square meterage of you're over 10 square metres with the communal space, or is it...? Uh, so I'd always do a room, yeah, usually over 10, I'd try and go over 11, yeah, and then a two or three metre, well, two and a half metre average or bigger ensuite. Mm-hmm. Yeah that is then sharing, and it depends on the number of rooms, but about a 22 square metre lounge kitchen diner. Yeah. Um, and then it fits within the immunity standards of our council. Yeah. But when you go to another council, it's It could change. I know, it's At crazy. this point in time, also, put caveat in there, <laughs> it, <laughs> it may change in the future, yeah, it could as change. we've yeah. had with the recent changes of sizes. So are they all on which, suite Which well? is actually why I'm talking about this, because, if I'm honest, prior to... October 18, um, it was an irrelevance to mm. me because I only ever did stuff over what each flat was on one story. Yeah. I'd do a six-story block, but it, because each flat was on one story, they're not licensed. They weren't mm. licensable. Yeah. Um, and I've got loads of case law to support me. I found it. I've got three three cases wow. in one in the high court, you know, councils taking big student accommodation providers to court, and every time they won, so any... Any issue I get, I just go, well, there's your case law. It's not licensable. So I haven't got any minimum. I've just cracked on. Do you mm. know what I mean? Is it, all that was interesting to me was, you know, is it safe? Does it meet the fire safety standards? You know, do the tenants like it? So will they rent it? You know what I mean? And, and put good tenants in. Obviously, since last October, they've come around with a, a bloody laser yeah. and measured every yeah. single one of my rooms because I've had to license them all. So, yeah, I've learned those regulations backwards yeah. and I've actually yeah. realised there are standards for flats as well to yeah. rent out in this town even if they're not licensable um, I had no idea and because I, I've got friendly with a couple of the licensing uh, officers who you know pretty helpful and one of them said to me he goes yeah you know these exist for flats he goes we never enforce it if they're not under selective licensing I was like well, where's that document and he goes oh we'll have to look for it pulls it out <laughs> and it's like it's like from like 1994 or something. And there are sizes in there, mm. but no one enforces them. Wow. They just haven't yeah. got the time, really. No. Got the Unless it's within no. the licensing regime. It, yeah. It, no. no. It's quite, it's quite, so, so basically all your, uh, all, your, all your ones now, you've obviously got to meet the licensing standards, yeah. etc. On all the HMOs, five or more uh, tenants, we have to license them. So you find yeah. in these? Are you still are you still looking and buying these? Yeah, I like them. Yeah. So is yeah. it? Are you finding now since it's changed that you've actually got you're getting less rooms in there because you've got to meet these standards, or is it? What, no. Or have you not really got that far? No, no. Um, I'm just having to get involved because um, you can't leave it to the architect and the builder. Yeah, yeah. So what I do now when they start the room or sorry, start set, setting it all out within the building, I go along with my laser, laser measurer measure. and I measure every single room and then I work out for that number of rooms how big the lounge has to be and if that's big enough. And sometimes on a couple of them, I've just got them to move the wall that much and that much. Um, uh, a lounge, I got them to, yeah, move that slightly. Um, it, I was doing, I knew... 
I knew about this, obviously, mm-hmm. three or four years ago, or whenever the consultation came out. So I'd, I'd said to them all, look, I don't know exactly what the sounds are, but all the rooms have got to be 10 metres squared anyway. And to be honest, the smallest room I ever did was about, it was about nine, nine and nine. nine and, 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 is that right? No, yeah, it was about nine. Um, and it was hard to let. Mm. Uh, or was it eight and a half? Something like that. Yeah. And that one, the, the council refused to license because the lounge wasn't big enough. Yeah. So actually that one we've we've bashed through and we've created a another floor area over the stairs to create a this. Yeah, a bit of a mezzanine just to put a wardrobe in. Uh, just to get the room size to the standard, and the officer's like, "Yeah, that's it's, right. it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's just working it's just with them." The yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, mm. I've got a couple of questions from our, yeah. our audience, and one of them is from Mark Nicholson. He's he's asked, "Who inspires you in business on a daily basis?" Um, so, I love watching Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Um, I uh, when they bring, you know, they they have their sort of annual. But Berkshire Hathaway sort of conference yeah. um, and it's on video and I lie in bed watching that a lot of the time it's hours and hours and they just rumble on but there's a lot of truth um, you know they, those guys don't give a monkeys about well they, they do have a business to protect so they have to be careful about some of their answers but especially Charlie Munger um, they're so old and they've got they've sort of done it all and, and they really you know their experience is just unbelievable um, you, you just hear so many truths come out of their mouth and stuff you can act on. You know? <laughs> Obviously, it's generic; it's not specific to our market. But uh, yeah, in terms of investment and you know how to value things and you know it's adopting the long term attitude. Yeah, really. Is that what you Those say? Two are, yeah, the cleverest of, of of all of them. Is that yeah. where you say your traits lie? Like you you see stuff in yourself with them? Is that why well, you resonate? I'd like to. It? I'd like to aspire to be yeah, yeah more like um yeah some of what you know what what they believe and what they do yeah well that leads in nicely to my next yeah. question which is matt elder asked what is the legacy that you'd like to leave behind um so i've got a son now and congratulations um, yeah congratulations, and i yeah. would i would love to leave him this great um you know portfolio um obviously in in conjunction with rob's kids because we we own the portfolio or a lot of it together mm-hmm. um, so I'd like to leave him this great sort of uh, machine but um, that isn't just gifting it to them and I won't well probably made it a bit public now haven't I but I, I, <laughs> I, I, I certainly won't be telling him that that's what he, he's getting in, in the uh, in the earlier years he's going to have to go and do all this stuff um, well that's the same with yeah. a lot of sort of philanthropists that they get to yeah. that stage where they don't want to just gift the entire no. business well, it's just pointless. but that's yeah. interesting because that leads yeah. me on to i want to i want to dig a little bit deeper on that because obviously you've you've said before in podcasts and at the round table like your, your dad was like you know don't get married mm. don't 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 have yeah, kids yeah. and all that and that's kind of where you were always going mm. but you built a lot of your your uh success and wealth yeah. before your yeah. son and marriage come along yeah. so what was the drivers then what how's that different now um probably not changed very much if i'm really honest okay um it's still sort of i just find i get a lot of excitement building a really solid wall of money coming through every month this income stream the 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 the, the, i get a lot of excitement from creating a a better way of investing and making money that is perpetual yeah um you know, obviously, 
you know, my wife's son came along later. But so, so there must have been a there must yeah. have been a bit of. I mean, I get the I get that side of it, but emotionally, yeah. like, what were you doing it for before? Just passion, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it just yeah. passion? It. But yeah. it's still yeah, yeah. passion. But also now you've got yeah. an added. Yeah, enjoy it, and obviously, I love the feeling of financial security and independence yeah, as cool. well. Of course, um, and obviously, I can give that to them, which is great. Yeah, but I've always been able to give that to them because they came along later. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's interesting yeah. you say Thank about you. the financial security because. Financial literacy in this country is very poor. Yeah. And it's something that I was almost oblivious to because it wasn't something that, for me, um, I left it to my husband. Yeah. And then when I started creating a business three years ago, yeah. it, it came to the forefront that I was actually really financially illiterate mm. in terms of understanding a lot of, of yeah. the way of the mechanics of business, having always been an yeah. employee yeah. and then not setting up a business. And I sort of delved into it further. And there are a lot of people... In the country, there's 66% of people in the UK um, don't have the ability to make the right choices with mm. their money. And we see that. And it's not um, helped by the education system. It's, no. it's not taught in schools. No. Is it, I know it's something that Rob's been talking about. Are you involved in a foundation as well? Or is no. it Rob's mission? Yeah. Um, I, I Obviously, it would be good if in schools they did teach some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I know Martin Lewis has been going around and he's a, you know, he'd be the right sort of person yeah. to be, to be teaching them stuff. I use his website quite a lot. Um, you know, I did Latin at school and. Me too. Um, you know, I'm not what? sure. <laughs> I think this would, this would be more relevant. Yeah, um, I agree. There, there is it. stuff they're doing at school, which yeah. is not relevant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, they need it's to also the home because out. I mean, yeah. you can't, put the entire blame onto the education system. It's also the home environment. It's more the home environment. Exactly. Actually, you know, the the friends I have that are the most financially literate are my friends that went to boarding schools and really good private schools because their parents were business people and they taught them what to do. Yeah. yeah. Whereas my friends who I, I subsequently went to a sort of local, you know, it used to be a grammar school, Really good, you know, lots of the parents are accountants, doctors, and they have obviously taught them what to do, but... Vocational, but not entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. not making yeah. anything like what no. the other lot are, because the, the parents haven't injected mm. what, what you know, they didn't have the money to go to that school. Mm. The reason they had the money was because the parents were financially very literate and had businesses and made lots of money mm. and didn't lose it all and spend it all. So... Clearly, they've then injected that into their... their so, so, so it's about peer group, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If it you is. can get your kids in that peer group, yeah. then it's going to rub off on them. And again, yeah. it links in with the property networking. You're, yeah. you're going out and you're meeting like-minded yeah. people and you're going into an entirely different arena. Yeah. And open your mind to a lot yeah, of different peer opportunities. Peer networking yeah. is, is, you yeah. know, it's like-minded people because yeah. you, know, you, you get to know more about what they're doing and... You know, a year ago, you probably didn't know any no, of that sort no. of stuff. I mean, no. What's the, was it Darwin said it about don't let your, don't let your schooling get in the way of your education. Yeah. So like, that's con- very true. Constantly, you know, learn and what you learn in the classroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably fifty, maybe less than fifty percent of it. It's actually yeah. all the people that you're surrounded with all day, and you know, even just down to think. You know, we're looking at schools at the moment for Freddie, and um, we, we've we've been to a couple and. 
you know, walk in and like there's only, I don't know, 15 of them. It was all stand up, bolt upright, and they're all disciplined. Well, it looks like the discipline. Obviously, we're soon showing you about the public life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I know a few friends' kids that go to, you know, that that school, and um, they're just setting their minds, you know, to, to, to do the, the right thing in terms of the routine, discipline, what, what, what they should be focusing on through the day. That's not, not what they're learning in the creativity. classroom. No. Yeah. And then they're surrounded by a load of other kids that hopefully are doing right. Obviously, some of them aren't, but, you know. No, I feel, I feel as a parent that I've entered a different area of, of world becoming a business owner. And now my children are older. They're 16 and 14. Mm. And, and I'm just so happy that they are seeing me yeah. do what I, I call myself a midlife beginner. Yeah. It's a yeah. phrase I heard yeah. in the progressive community. And it's never too late to be what you might have been, which no. is a quote by George Eliot, which I just... You've got loads of time. Yeah. It, of course it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Your kids are brilliant. I mean, we oh, come, we you. do it, we do our podcasts around, around Amy's and, you know, they cook us lunch and all sorts. It's yeah, brilliant. They're very well, you know, they're, they're, they're great, on. yeah. They're very well schooled. <laughs> <laughs> all good. Have we got any other questions? I think, I think that's it. I think we've great. covered quite a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to come on your podcast. Yeah, likewise. No, and likewise, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. It's been really, really insightful. Very, yeah. Loads of good information. I think it's just good to see what you can do when you're... But you still have the same problems and challenges like everybody else does. It's just you're that, yeah. you're that bit further along yeah. than, than other people when you're doing bigger things. But you can do this stuff, but it's about doing it and testing it learn from it but best practice do it test it best practice but so that's kind of what i've learned from you today definitely so great no, thank you thank you very thank much you